0: You're listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. We exist to inspire people to live and love like Jesus. For more information, please visit our website at vintagechurch.net. We hope you enjoy today's teaching. Good morning, church. Hey, man, it's good to see you, man. I'm so glad that you're here. It's good to be back. Uh, We weren't here last Sunday, but we had an awesome time last Friday night. If you missed it, we were so in violation of fire code, it ain't even funny. Uh, It was just packed out in here. Um, We didn't know what to expect last Friday night. We planned to do just something unique and different because we knew you would be traveling and have family obligations and stuff. But uh, I think we stopped counting at like 560 some people that were in this room and it was just crazy. And more importantly, several people gave their hearts to Christ last Friday night. So that's what we want to celebrate and just be grateful but we are excited to start a new year, and this is the first Sunday of January, and which means this Wednesday night is the first Wednesday of the month. And so quickly, I want to remind you that we do something the first Wednesday of every month called Vintage 101. If you are new to our church, maybe today's your first Sunday. If you're, my name's Matt. I'm one of the pastors here. We're glad to have you. Uh, but we do something called Vintage 101, and it's a chance for you to learn more about our church, kind of what we believe, why we're structured the way we're structured, why we do things, what we do. There's a why behind all of our what. And so that's just a chance for you to learn that. So if you haven't gone through that seminar and maybe you've been here for a while and you're kind of ready to learn more about our church, it's Vintage 101. You can sign up online. We do ask that you sign up just so that we make sure that we have enough books, materials, and stuff like that to prepare for you. Um, So go online by Tuesday and sign up for that. We would love to have you get more plugged in and connected to our church and let you find out more about why and what we do here as a church Um, But I'm excited for a new series. It's 2017, who's ball drop people like you stayed up all night to the ball drops? Who's like 7.30, you don't care, I'm going to bed. Like, I'm just, I'm over it. It don't matter. Ryan Seacrest can just, I don't care. Uh, And some of us grew up with, you know, Dick Clark, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I would have done the same thing, but I had people in my house and I I, I couldn't kick them out. So uh, I stayed up late. So thank you for getting up and starting off your new year, worshiping with us today. Um, Any New Year's resolution people? Do you know in two services nobody raised a hand? Because y'all just gave up, didn't y'all? Y'all just, I mean, you quit smoking five years in a row and you just figured, oh well, it's just done. And... And like the diet, it just wasn't happening, and so it just kind of. I mean, it lasts. It's funny. Like um, the, the gym I go to every year for about three weeks into January. That's about how long it lasts. It's a little more crowded, you know. Like these people be here about three weeks, then they're gone. We ain't gonna see them again. And, and this the other day, seriously, no joke. I'm walking out of the gym, and a dude's walking in the gym, finishing a Pepsi and a cigarette. <laughs> I thought, bro, your fitness goals have a long way to go. It's just anyway. Uh, but I'm not really a New Year's kind of resolution person either. But one thing I do is I, as I finish a year, and begin to head in a new year. It just kind of started, a, a mentor of mine kind of spoke this into my life a while back. I, but as I finish a year, I just spend some time reflecting. I'm a, I'm a journaler. Uh, I don't know if you guys are journalers. When, I, when I'm praying and reading the Word, I actually do it electronically. I just journal throughout the year, and every month kind of has its own little document and stuff. And So as I end the year, I kind of read through that and just kind of reflect on what God has been teaching me and what I've been learning from Him and just trying to remember, okay, yeah, I learned that in September. I need to learn that again because somewhere along the way it got lost. Anybody ever, you know, like... Is God redundant in anybody else's life? We're just constantly like, hey, dummy, I wanted you to learn this six years ago, and I tried, but maybe you need to learn it again. Yeah. Amen. Make me, help me feel better about myself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so that's kind of what I, and then one thing I do is going into a year, started this a few years ago, I, I pick a word or a phrase that's just like, just prayerfully seeking God, like, God, for, for this next year, the head in this next year, just give me something. This is a word from you for my life. Something that 's just unique and personal and, 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 and sometimes it 's just a word or sometimes it 's a phrase and and I just try to find that place of just all right God what do you what do you want to be kind of my mantra my my motto for the year as I, as I head into this new year and and what do you want from my life and and just seeking him and, and so God kind of gave, gave me something for our church as we were kind of moving into the series and it 's kind of for my life so if that 's if you don 't have one of those. I want to challenge you to adopt the one that you see on the screen um, because for us as a church, above and beyond is not going to be just a series it 's going to be something that we 're challenged with at least for this year and in so many ways uh, and really, this whole concept comes out of out of reading Ephesians chapter three, so if you 've got a Bible grab, go ahead and pull it up Ephesians chapter three if you 're accessing god 's Word through like a paper Bible turn to it. I know I say access God's Word a lot, and we put it on the screens for you, and so we don't really always do that. But if you, even if you're an, an iPhone or a tablet kind of person, because I want you to highlight the verses that I'm about to read. And I, what I really would love for you to do, if you'd be willing, is maybe read these verses every day in 2017. Just a, a, as, you, I don't know, you're getting up in the morning, you know, you're just kind of going through about light. It'll take you 30 seconds to read these verses, because it's, it's embedded in these verses that God has been challenging me and challenging my perspective on life, my idea of who we are as a church, and all that, that we can experience. And, and this passage in Ephesians is Paul. Remember, these books in the Bible were, a lot of them were letters to churches. You know that? you Let me say amen. amen. These were letters to churches. But And this one specifically a letter to a church by a guy named Paul. If you know Paul, Paul was this guy who was trying to stomp out the movement of Christianity, and then Jesus wrecked his world and turned him around, and he became this evangelist and church planner, and he spent his whole life trying to move people into an understanding of the gospel of Jesus. And he sits, and he writes these letters to these churches. And if I could say something to y'all, just as your pastor, for as we move into seven, 2017, it's, it's these words. It's these very words. And, and I want to pick up with verse 14. Ephesians chapter 3, pick up with verse 14 says, for this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And then notice he, he, he's offering up a prayer. He says, for this reason I get down on my knees, because I love you, because I care about you, because I want something for you. I get down on my knees, and this is what I pray. Verse 16, I pray that out of his glorious riches. See, Paul knew that that, that what God had for his people was something beautiful. Out of his glorious riches, He may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. He says, first, like, I pray that through his glorious riches, that that you would have power through the Spirit, like down deep inside of you, so deep that like life can't mess with it, life can't take it away. That your circumstances won't won't change it. That that no matter how good things are at home or how messed up your job is or, or any of that like something rooted sound so down deep in you, you feel this source of power. And I know for for a lot of you guys, 2016 was was rough. Come on. And, and it's like every year though, there's moments of beauty and there's moments of pure terror in every year, right? It's it's just a roller coaster. But Paul's saying, I pray that you would feel just this this source of strength, this source of power. And some of you guys maybe feel like you're kind of l- like just limping out of a year and kind of barely moving into another. And Paul's saying, there's, there's, "I want to I want to pray that that God puts something in you that you feel His power, even when you feel weak, even when you're physically or emotionally or spiritually spent. That you know that down deep inside of you is a power that nothing can touch." Somebody with me, say Amen. That I pray that. That you know this power. And, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love. Like that's where your foundation is. You're rooted and established in love. May have power together with all the Lord's people. So he's reminding them that they need each other. Remember, church isn't somewhere you have to go. It's something you get to be a part of. It's a family that loves and supports and gives strength and accountability and encouragement. <laughs> And I'll say it again, if you have a bad taste in your mouth for church, you've never experienced it the way God intended it to be. So together with the Lord's holy people, and then listen to this, that somehow, that in all this, you're able to grasp how wide, long, high, and deep is the love of Christ. That you can understand how much God loves you. And then this is, this is the verses that have been just, I've been wrestling with and chewing on and trying to figure out. Verse 19, says, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. And in this phrase, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Like you've probably read that verse before. But I've been like just wrestling with that. Like Paul says, I want you to be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Filled to the measure of... All the fullness of God. See, I think there's a lot of us. We're okay with just a little bit of Jesus, like just enough Jesus so we don't have to go to hell, right? Like that. I mean, like that's that's enough for for, for a lot of people. Like we just we want just, just 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 to dip our toes in the water. We don't want to go all the way in to where like we'd We get baptized like this. Like I mean, I feel like that's how so many of, and we get we just kind of get satisfied. And Paul's saying, that, like, I want you to have the full measure of the fullness of God. Like, my prayer is that you get all the God you can get. That, like, your life gets so consumed by who He is and what He can do that, like, it's just pouring out of you, that it's overflowing from you. The measure of the fullness of God Church, I want that. And as I, I began to pray and seek that, you know what I realized? Like, I don't, I don't have it. I've had moments. You've had moments, right? You've had those moments, whether it be in a service or driving down the road or just some kind of experience where, like, the presence of God was so thick, you, the, the hairs on the back, your neck standing up. And some of y'all knew this thing. Y'all thinking, this dude's weird. Yeah, it's weird. I ain't gonna lie. It's weird, but it's real. It's real. I'm talking about those, but I think that that what Paul's saying is like I want more than I want you to have more than just a moment, because I think those moments are supposed to build some spiritual momentum. To where we don't have to be in this room. We don't even have to have our Bible open. We don't even have to be around anybody else. But the Holy Spirit and the power of God is so thick in our lives, and so constant and so real. Like you ever, I've even had those seasons. You ever had those seasons? you going can think I'm crazy. Like, like just, it just feels like you can't get away from God, and I know you really can't. I know that, but it's just like God's presence is so real. You're just driving down the road, and like you start like crying, or you start wanting to shout, or or you just waving at, at your, people driving down the road. They think you're crazy. Like you just don't know what's going on. The fullness of God. Because this, this is what he says next in verse 20. It says now to him, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. He says, he is able to do immeasurably more. And church, what I can say is for, for, for me, for my family, for you, I want more. I want more, and I want you to want more, and, and so we, we've entitled this series Above and Beyond because I believe that's what God desires for us. I think in Christ, because of who He is, there's always more. There's always more. Whether you're here today and like you just accepted Jesus, or whether you're here today and and like you're still trying to decide about this Jesus thing, you're unresolved on it, or whether you're here today and you accepted Jesus decades ago, there's always more. No matter where you are on that spectrum, there is always more. But I think so often we just kind of get settled into things. We get into this spiritual rut or routine of life and we just kind of get okay with that. And this is especially where we find it. We think that that the most we can ever do is just get really good at managing our own sin. And my whole life, I feel like especially certain aspects of our faith have boiled down to a relationship to Jesus that was just about personal sin management. It's just a personal sin management program. And when you master it, you're good. When you don't cuss, drink, smoke. All, I mean, when it gets to, and, uh, I believe in holiness. And I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit in us to give us victory over temptation and sin. I do. Amen, church? I believe that Paul wrote that. But I also think that it's more than just sin management. That there's an intimacy with God we get to have because of Jesus. That we get to live in relationship with the creator of the universe just as as you are in, in in an earthly relationship where you have conversations and you spend time together and you have that intimacy, I think God wants that for our lives. And I think that's the key to unlocking the more. That's the key to unlocking the more. But really, we can't even go any further in this series or in this message if you don't want more. If you don't believe that there's more. If you don't want more of God, more of Him in your life, more of a, a deeper understanding of who He is, a, a, a more focused relationship with Him, just want more of Him—not more of stuff that He can give you, but more of who He is. Am I making sense? You with me? More of who He is to go above and beyond. And like these words are very intentionally chosen because this is what I want to believe. I want to look at you at these as two different halves. Above being your part, abo- beyond being his. Because I believe for you to experience his beyond, you have to be willing to go above. You with me? Like if you want to experience that beyond, that immeasurably more, then you have to be willing to go above. You know what I've learned about us? We want things to change, but we don't want to change anything. That's profound, ain't it? Isn't that true? We want things to change, but we don't want to change anything. I want to be skinny, but I don't want to stop eating. <laughs> right? And that's so much the culture that we live in. Like, we want things. We hear, I hear all the time people like, I want my marriage to change. We'll change. I want this to change in my life. We'll change. And it's like we're just expecting some miracle thing to just kind of whoop, happen without any kind of effort on my, You've heard me say, like, I believe we're an escalator culture. We want to go from here to there as quickly and with little effort as possible on our part. That's kind of how we approach life. But I'm going to challenge us over the next few weeks that if we're going to experience this immeasurably more, if we're going to go above and beyond, then there's some things we're going to have to do to see that. That God's ready to release more on us and help us experience more, but we've got to be ready to take some action within our lives and do a few things. And I think there's four, there's four things that I'm going to unpack starting next week that I'm going to challenge you to do to go above me on. I'm going to give them to you, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to unpack these over the next four weeks. I'm going to challenge you to get physically healthy, emotionally well, spiritually growing and financially responsible. Wouldn't 17 be awesome if we did those four things? The good news is the Bible, the Scriptures, has a lot to say about all four of those issues. About being physically healthy, emotionally well, spiritually growing, and financially responsible. But there's some things, before we dive into those, there's some things that God kind of put on my heart to share with us. That if we're going to experience this fullness, this measure of the fullness of God, And I just want to kind of quickly unpack those. And the first thing is this. Your fullness is the product of his favor. Your fullness is the product of his favor. In other words, the only way you will ever feel full in this life, the only way 2017 can be full is because of his favor. Maybe it seems like I shouldn't have to say this, but you're dependent on God. You are so completely dependent on God. You cannot experience fullness outside of a relationship with God. It cannot happen. Without, I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many promotions you get. It doesn't matter how many bonuses you get. It doesn't matter how many accomplishments you have. It doesn't matter how many degrees are on your wall. It doesn't matter how many uh, medals are on your mantle. It doesn't matter how nice the car is. It doesn't matter how pretty she is. It doesn't matter how handsome he is. It doesn't matter how well they're dressed. You cannot experience fullness outside of the favor of God. You are completely dependent on him to experience that. When, when David, remember King David, we're actually going to do a series on his life later this year. King David came to rise. It says this about him as he became king in First Samuel chapter 18, verse 14. It says, in everything he did, he had great success. But I love what it says next. Because the Lord was with him. Like, he had great success. He experienced so many cool things. Why? Because he was talented and great. And I know you think you're talented and great. But without him, you're empty. And let me, some of us know, we try to do life without God, right? We've tried, and, and try tried to do life with God. And just from personal submit, let me just say, life with God is so much better. Testify somebody. Amen. Life with God <laughs> is so much better. And the sooner that we learn that, the more we save ourselves from a lot of pain. My son got a skateboard for Christmas, and he cannot ride that thing to save his life. <laughs> I'm telling you, the whole time, like, I'm just, like, in just tense. And so we're out in the driveway in my parents' house Sunday, uh, or, yeah, last Sunday after Christmas, and he's on this skateboard, and, you know, he's eight years old, and he thinks he can just do it. And I'm like, buddy, no, here's, here's what you have to do, and I'm trying to show him and trying to just teach him. And, of course, he's like his mama. He's hard-headed. And <laughs> she's in here. My bad. Uh And you know, what? finally I said, said, but, he said, Daddy, why don't you just let me do this? And I rolled my sleeves down, and I have four scars around this elbow. I said, this is why. I said, because if I can, I'm going to keep you from having these. I'm going to keep you from having these. And so when I tell you that life is better with God, what I'm trying to say is, I want to keep you from having these. Because if you keep trying to do without him, you're going to have the heartbreak and the scars to show for it. And so we can be hard-headed, but the sooner that you learn that your fullness is the product of His favor, the more scars you'll save yourself throughout life. The second thing is this. You cannot experience His anointing without surrendering to His authority. We all... There gets to a point, if we believe in God and we start relationship with Him, we start understanding about His anointing and what it does in our lives, and we want His anointing. You want God to bless you. You do. We all do. But here's the thing is, you know what we do? We want to do it our way and then say, God bless this. Come on. I, I know I didn't involve you, God. And I know I didn't do it the way your word says I'm supposed to do it. And I know I didn't really read the word and kind of figure this stuff out I just kind of did it on my own but now even though I did it on my own even though I probably messed it up well you come fix it and you come bless it and come come make it better isn't that how we live our lives if you really want God's anointing you have to be willing to surrender to his authority and I'll also say this if you leave anything outside the umbrella of his authority you leave everything vulnerable to missing his anointing that make sense? I'll say it again. If you leave anything outside the umbrella of his authority, you leave everything vulnerable to missing his anointing. Because he here, let's just pretend this is an umbrella. Like we want to put certain things under the umbrella and leave certain things out. Because we like what he says about some stuff, some stuff we a little bit uncomfortable with. It's a little hard. It's a little bit difficult. It takes me out of my comfort zone. It makes me sacrifice some things. And you know what? Those things, God, we're going to leave them over here. So, like, like I, I, I want my business to be, like, anointed. So, like, I'm going to pray about these decisions. I'm going to put this kind of stuff. But, but you know what? Um, my personal finances, I, don't tell me how to do that. I'll put my marriage under here, but my money, don't you mess with that, God. Or you know what? I, I'll put certain parts of my life, but I, I still want my hobbies over here. So I'm gonna, I want to do what I want. Y- y'all with me? Y'all done this. We kind of compartmentalize what we want to allow to go under God's authority and what we don't, depending on what we're comfortable with and what we're not. And I know we live in a culture right now where it's really easy to take some of the things that God said and try to kind of leave it out because it's not politically correct or because it's not popular. But church, that is a dangerous practice. I got an email this week that it was hard to respond to but I had to be honest about what I believe the word says and our stance as a church and it wasn't comfortable but I had to honor what God has said because if we want his anointing as a church we have to put everything under the umbrella of his authority. And if you want that in your life you're going to have to do the same. You're going to have to do the same. Everything has to go under his authority. Because Isaiah Chapter 45, verse 18. For this is what the Lord says. He created the heavens. He is God. He who fashioned and made the earth. He founded it. He did not create it to be empty, but formed it to be inhabited. He says, I am the Lord, and there is no other. Maybe 2017 is the, f- the year to finally let God be God. Come on. Finally let God be God. Instead of you trying to be God and surrender to his authority. And see, when that happens, when we understand these things, the next thing can happen. And we understand that your potential can only be realized when God is in his rightful position. Your potential can only be realized. All that God wants and desires for your life can only happen when God is in his rightful position. And him being a footnote in your story is not it. Him being a segment of your life is not it. Him being who you love to raise hands to on Sunday but not worry about the rest of the days of the week cannot be it. When God, Only when God is in his rightful position can you experience this fullness that Paul's talking about, that he's de- he desires. When God is in his rightful position. And we look at verses like Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 as we enter a new year. It says this but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well and there's a lot of people maybe it's not a new year's resolution saying this is the year i'm gonna put god first god's gonna be first he's gonna be first all he, i'm gonna put him first and there's a lot like that's kind of our mantra but you know what i've been learning that it's not about necessarily putting god first but it's putting him at the center See, Jesus can't be first on your list. He must be at the center of your life. Do you hear that, church? Because, see, there's a lot of us. We're going to put him at the first on the list. God is first. Amen. I love him. Praise Jesus. Let's go to church. Let's read our Bibles. Let's do all these things. And we can come into this year and, like, we would make all these kind of lists and say, you know what? God's going to be first. But what, what I think really wants to happen is, is God didn't want to be first on a list. He wants to be at the center of our lives. When you really want more of God and you begin this relationship, when he's at the center of, of your universe, and everything you are, it revolves around him, that's when things start to change. Come on, somebody. Like when he becomes the center of your world, and everything, and all you, everything you think, every way, that way you approach your time, every, everything about your life revolves around him and it comes through him and flows from him. Like when he becomes really the center of your world, things can change. And it's really easy to begin a new year and just put him at the top of a list. But what he's saying is, I don't want to be at the top of a list. I want to be the, at the center of everything. So that your entire life, no matter where you are, no matter who you're around, no matter what your environment is, no matter how you're feeling emotionally, He's at the center, and He's the one driving who you are. Where we become spirit-driven people, where God is the one calling the shots in and through our lives. He becomes the center of everything that we are. See, to go back to kind of what I was referring to earlier, or, or look what Paul said to the Roman church in Romans Chapter 10, look at verse 9. It says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is, what? What? Lord. Lord. And believe in your heart that he raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As Scripture says, anyone who is in him will never be put to shame, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile, the same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls in the name of the Lord Lord will be saved. Now you notice that word, that title that's given by Paul. Lord. See, again, I think a lot of people want a Savior, but they don't want a Lord. And if you really want to go above and beyond, if you really want to experience the fullness of God, he has to become Lord. Lord. Like your relationship with Jesus, the relationship you get to have with the creator in the universe because of who Jesus is, it has to be the very center of who you are. And if you're going to move forward in this year, today's the day to maybe for the first time ever decide that that relationship is going to be priority and nothing's going to change that nothing's going to move you from that position that your relationship with jesus maybe for the first time in your life is really going to be more than just lip service see jesus called this out in his culture people were saying all these things about jesus and, and 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 kind of praising him and he quoted the prophet isaiah when he said they honor me with their lips but their hearts are far from me and see with your lips that you can say jesus is first but what Jesus say? I don't want to be first from your lips. I want to be at the center of your heart. And you know what? If you're going to experience the things that we're going to talk about over the next few weeks, it has to begin with making sure that your relationship with Jesus is what it's supposed to be. So let me ask you, is it? Is it really? Is God more than just a footnote in your story? Just just one more box that you're kind of checking off as you go about your life. Or is he really the Lord of your life? Is he the Lord of your life? Do you know him? Do you walk with him? Do you spend time with him? If the only God you get is the hour and 10 minutes you're here every Sunday, it will never be enough. You won't get more. And so we're gonna do something this year again that we did last year. Last year in 2016, we started the year with 21-day prayer challenge. We just said, hey, to start this year for 21 days, for the first 21 days of this year, we're going to carve out an hour a day for 21 days to spend with God. And last year, we challenged you to do that. And I know that seems kind of rigid or whatever, but what we're trying to do is just get you to make a commitment to say, you know what, somehow, way, I'm going to find a way to every day for the next 21 days to spend an hour talking to God, listening to God, reading God's Word. And so I want to ask you to do something. Would you be willing to take that challenge again? That starting today, for the next 21 days, you will find a way to carve out an hour of your day to spend with your most important relationship you know, if our spouses came to us and said, hey, for our relationship to be healthy, this is what we need to do, we wouldn't ignore it. I hope we wouldn't. But what if, to, what, if what you need to do to kind of recalibrate your relationship with God, to just, to just get it re-centered? And I, what my hope is that you create a habit that doesn't last for just 21 days, that, that just continues throughout 2017 and throughout your life. Well, Matt, I'm busy. Welcome to the club. Hey, Maybe you have to get up an hour earlier. Maybe you have to stay up an hour later. Maybe instead of a lunch break, you're going to fast and spend time in God's Word. Maybe you need to put that cell phone down for an hour. Maybe you need to cut the TV off for an hour. Maybe you just need to get in a quiet place and spend time with the Lord. So this is what I want you to do. We're going to worship in just a minute. And what I want you to do is prayerfully consider this challenge. Because if you don't feel led to do it, if you don't feel like called to do that, don't do it. Don't do it. But as we worship, would you just seek God? To, is God calling you for the next 21 days to carve out an hour? And this is what I want you to do, please. Would you do me a favor? That response card in your seat, would you tear off that bottom portion? Write 21-day challenge and your name, because this is what I'm going to commit to you. I'm going to pray for you. Every person who fills out that card, one of those cards, I am personally going to make a commitment to pray for you every day during these 21 days. I'm going to call out your name to God and watch what He does in your life. Over the next 21 days. So grab that card. And as you feel led to stand and worship. I'm I'm not even going to invite you to stand yet. We're going to just begin to worship. And as we begin to worship. And you begin to process that that challenge. You begin to fill out that card. And you begin to just engage and worship. I'm going to pray. And then we're just going to let God do work. Father thank you. That you are real. And that you desire to move in us in far greater ways than sometimes we even allow you to move. But God, I pray that right now, as we worship you, that, Lord, you would speak to the hearts of your people, that whatever you desire for them, you'd make it clear and known, and that, God, we would take time out of our lives more intentionally and more intensely for this season to seek you with everything that we have, God. And, Lord, I pray that as we worship you, that, Lord, again, your spirit would stir among us And that we would respond, and that you would not only be first, but you would be at the center of everything that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. For more information, please visit our website at vintagechurch.net.